Uh, we're we're going to jump right into the gifts of the Spirit. We're still talking about the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Holy Spirit himself is a gift to us. Uh, Acts chapter 2 says, uh, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remissions of your sins, and you shall receive the gift in the Greek that is Dorian. You shall receive the Dorian of the Holy Spirit. Anytime the Holy Spirit himself is being addressed uh, uh, as, as a gift to you, the word is Dorian. It actually means uh, undeserved gift. You know, we, we, we don't deserve for God to put a spirit in us to guide us. Uh, we don't deserve to be saved. But yet his grace and his goodness uh, permits it. And so, so that is the Dorian of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit himself, when he comes to live within you, he bears gifts. And that word in Greek is charisma or, or charisms, if, if you want to plural, make it plural. Uh, it, those are the charismas or the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So therefore, yeah, if you hear someone happen to say, you know, un unfortunately, the way that we in the West do, we wind up labeling stuff and dividing stuff and everybody settles in their own camps and you know, that's why we have so many denominations uh, and so many different flavors of Christianities. Everybody wants to form their own organization and all that good stuff. And sometimes there's merit in it, and sometimes it kind of muddies the water and gets in the way. But, but for someone who says that they are active at, at, with the, the charismatic movement of the Holy Spirit, all they're saying is they're active. They, they believe that the Holy Spirit is active in their life with these particular gifts, uh, many of which Paul, the Apostle Paul, winds up listing out for us. We're going we're gonna to take several weeks to take a look at what these gifts are. There's multiple places that he discusses these gifts uh, and, and various lists. Those lists somewhat over, kind of kind of over bleed each other, if you will, or, or they, they, uh, you know, they, they match each other in many ways. Uh, Peter talks about a couple of gifts. But it's really ironic that Paul, the Apostle Paul, would be the one to address the gifts of the Spirit the most in the New Testament because of, of all the apostles, he was the one apostle that did not get to be taught by Jesus himself in person. So he relied the most, if you remember, Paul was running around killing Christians for a while until he had an encounter with Christ. And so he relied heavily on the leading and the teaching of the Holy Spirit, which is exactly what Jesus said the Holy Spirit would do. He would lead you and guide you and teach you in all truth, okay? So we're gonna talk about what some of these gifts are. So when was the last time you, you received a gift? Well, the Holy Spirit bears gifts. He bears charisms for you today. So we're gonna uh, camp out here for a while. First Corinthians chapter nine, we're gonna read verse one, hop to verse four, and read through verse 11, okay? Now, this is Paul speaking to the church at Corinth. Just to give you a little background, the church at Corinth had become very active uh, with the gifts of the Spirit. And because of it, they started doing exactly what we in the West have done, unfortunately. And that is, uh, they started making superstars of certain Christians. Uh, certain Christians that learned to flow in a particular gift, or maybe was anointed in a particular gift. Oh, all of a sudden, they became kind of the... Uh, the rock stars, you know, and so they started, you know, or this person was able to flow in a particular gift. Well, that meant that they were more spiritual than this person that only flowed in these gifts or whatever. And so Paul's trying to address this and get a handle on it for these folk. But in doing so, he reveals some wonderful truth for us. So he says, now concerning the spiritual gifts or the spiritual charisms, brethren, 
I do not want you to be ignorant. He said, now about these spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit gives, I don't want you to be uninformed. I don't want you to misunderstand some things. Let's hop to verse four. He says, there are diversities of gifts. There's, there's several different gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. He's saying not all of you are going to minister within the Holy Spirit the same way that your neighbor is going to minister. But it's okay. It's still the same Holy Spirit. It's still, it's still God. There are differences and, and there are diversities of activities. Some, some, uh, some translations say, says uh, diversities of administrations. In other words, there's different ways that the Holy Spirit administers these gifts. But it's the same God who works all in all. Okay, so he's trying to say it's not about who it is being used by God, but it's about the God that is using the individual. That's really where the attention should go. Verse seven, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So if you're here, you are a believer in Christ. You have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. That Holy Spirit can manifest in your life not so that you can become popular, not so that all of a sudden you can create a mega ministry and a name for yourself, but he puts gifts and abilities within you for the benefit of all of us. So if you are utilized by the Holy Spirit in a gift today, it is for the express purpose, number one, of blessing all of us. And not just all of us, at times, blessing those who need to come to Christ. To, to create signs and manifestations so that people will be drawn by the Spirit to Christ. So the Holy Spirit and his gifts were never meant to glorify anyone, to lift anyone up. Unfortunately, we wind up doing that. You see someone who's very gifted in the Holy Spirit with a particular uh, ministry, all of a sudden, they become the rock star of the Christian world. We're, we're not trying to teach that today, okay? Verse 8, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge. These are some of these gifts that he's talking about. Through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kind of tongues. Someone says, oh, man, there we are. We're going to talk, we're going to talk about it. Not this week. <laughs> you remember last week? Just boo. <laughs> to another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. He's saying, look, folks are going to operate in different gifts, different abilities, different spirits, and it's not about them. It's about the one spirit of God who dwells within all of us. And when he moves, if he moves in Mark, it's not for the sake of making Mark a superstar, but it's for the sake of blessing every single one of us. Now, last night, working the, the event, it got really hot. And fortunately, the folks with the VRA, for all of us volunteers, had a big cooler of water and there was some Gatorade in it, right? And I got in trouble last night because I opened it up and I'm not a big Gatorade drinker, but man, I've been sweating so much. 
I said, you know what? Let me put some electrolytes back in this body. And so I look over, and it's Christy's fault. Let me tell you, it's Christy's fault. Christy got me in trouble, huh? Let me tell you. Christy, so, so any, of you guys, any of you guys happen to like hang out in the elements, you go to Christy and say, you got David in trouble. Because I said, Christy, are, are these Gatorades good? And she said, yes. I said, awesome. Well, in particular, I don't like the red Gatorade stuff. Here's some white, clear Gatorade. I said, okay, I can go for that. I only saw one bottle, so I grabbed it. The reason why I got in trouble is because it turns out that was actually Jordan's. You know, all of you know Jordan with the VRA. That was her Gator, her specific Gatorade. Well, I picked it up, said, this is good. She said, it's good. So I took it, right? Then Jordan let me know about it later. So I had to <laughs> profusely apologize. But the point being, when I was drinking the Gatorade, right, it was extremely refreshing. I could care less about the bottle. The bottle was eventually discarded, but it was what was flowing into me that was important. That's how it is when we start operating in the gifts of the Spirit. It has nothing to do with this container. The Bible says that we are earthen vessels. We're made of dirt. Pretty impressive, right? <laughs> but it's about the Spirit within us. That's what's important. The fact that God Almighty is wanting to use His Spirit to move within you in certain gifts and in certain ways. And he does it for the benefit of all as he chooses, it says. So, uh, now he lists, there's other places that he lists gifts, and we'll get to that. But for, for the next few weeks, we're going we're gonna to talk about this particular list. He lists nine gifts in that passage. So we're going to divide it up, three, three groups of threes. And we're going to call it, the, the, we're going to label it the manifestation gifts. And that's kind of harkens back to verse 7, where he talks about the manifestation of the Spirit, uh, you know, happens for the sake of all. So these, this is when the spirit begins to manifest. In other words, what's inside of you starts coming outside and having a, an, a, an impact on the outside world, okay? We're going to group in, in, into these threes. Revelation gifts, when God reveals things to you, okay? Power gifts, inspiration gifts. But this week, we're going to talk about the revelation gifts, right? Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, uh, this is going to be a quick overview. What I really want this to be is perhaps to pique some of your interest, where you begin to go do some research this week on your own. Hey, let me find out. Is this one of the gifts that I actually get to operate in? Now, my opinion and what I have found within my own life is at any point, the Holy Spirit can trigger any of these gifts in you. It doesn't matter who you are. If you are in a certain place and there is a certain need he can activate whatever he chooses to in you because he is alive and well and active in your life, okay? Now, there may be certain gifts that certain people tend to grow in and tend to be utilized the most in. Uh, I've seen that as well. But just because, you know, don't fall into the rut of saying, well, that's, my, that's not my gift. I can't, no, the, the God, all things are possible with God. Anytime God needs you to fulfill a need that is presented, He'll do whatever he needs to. He will empower you to do whatever he needs to do so that you can, you can minister in that capacity, okay? So today, the revelation gifts. Let's talk about the word of knowledge. Everyone say word of knowledge. Word of knowledge, word of knowledge to give it a simple explanation is basically this. He's going to put his super onto your natural. Supernatural, that means basically to go beyond or transcend beyond the natural, right? So God's going to take your natural ability and move it beyond that supernatural insight into a past or current event or situation, okay? 
to give you a few scriptural examples of that, we'll just retell some of the stories here. John chapter 4, you remember Jesus and the woman at the well? Jesus shows up. There's a lot of neat things about that story. Number one, he's passing through a region that the Jews didn't like hanging out with these folks in Samaria. And so he sits down at the well. He asks this woman that normally Jews wouldn't, wouldn't really mess with. He asks this woman for a drink of water, right? Y'all remember the story? And then he, then he asks her about her husband. And she says, I don't have a husband. And he says, you're right. You don't have a husband. You've had Five husbands. As a matter of fact, the man that you're living with isn't even your husband. Now I say, oh, this woman, this woman's got a track record. <laughs> well, look what, he, look what he did with this woman with a track record. He actually revealed to her that he was the Messiah. He would deliver, think about it, he would deliver people from, from demons and say, shh, don't tell anyone what happened. Or he would seal, heal the sick and say, hey, shh, shh, shh don't let anyone know. Demons would identify him and say, hey, who are you? I know who you are. Christ, why have you come to torment us before our time? And he would, he would silence them. It's not my time to be revealed. But to this woman with a, quote, track record, he lets him. Aren't you glad that because most of us in this room have some kind of a track record, don't we? Aren't you glad that he still reveals himself to those of us with track record? But what did she do? You remember, she went home and she said, hey, y'all need to come meet this guy. He told me everything there is to know about me. Well, what was it? It was a word of knowledge. It was, he, didn't, he, he, he didn't sit there and interview her and find or did, he didn't go around and talk to the neighbors. While he was talking to her, the Holy Spirit that lived within him, because it was the same Holy Spirit that rose him from the dead, that lives in us, the Bible says, that Holy Spirit Gave him a word of knowledge. All of a sudden, he had supernatural insight into something about her life. Uh, Peter, recognizing that Jesus was the Christ, Matthew 16. Jesus, uh, Jesus was talking to some of his disciples uh, up, up on the northern border, almost to Lebanon. They were hanging out. And he says, who do men say that I am? Oh, well, some people say that you're John the Baptist. Come back to life. Some people say that you're Elijah. Come back to life. So, well, who do you say that I am? Peter says, you're the Christ. You're the son of God. You're the Messiah. And he, and he says, Peter, you're blessed. He said, happy, baby. Peter, you sure are happy. He said, because you didn't learn this from humans. You learned this from the Father. Peter had a word of knowledge. He had an aha moment, okay? Uh, you remember Peter's vision uh, in the book of Acts? Uh, Peter's vision about Cornelius when he's, when he's hanging out. Uh, he's hanging out on top of Simon the Tanner's house. And, and God gives him a vision, and in that vision, there was some pork chops, there was some lobster and some shrimp, shrimp scampi maybe, and some frog, fried frog legs, right? And God said, eat. Now, for a lot of us, man, we'd be like, woo, glory. <laughs> Anyone here like fried, fried frog legs? Am I the only one in the room? Anyone like fr fried frog Look, there was only one thing. There's only one thing you can think of after you've had fried frog legs. So, <laughs> glorious chicken, not just chicken. No, there's only one thing, Hal, and correct me if I'm wrong. When you eat fried frog legs, the only thing you can think is when's the next time you get to eat fried frog legs again, man. That's the only thing you can think of. All right, so Peter tells God, I've never eaten this stuff. This is unclean. And so from the time I was born, I've never eaten this. And God said, don't you call anything I make unclean. He said, well, what do you mean by that? 
He said, I'm sending some guys from Cornelius' house down in Capernaum up to talk to you, and I want you to go with them. You're going to preach my gospel to these people, to, to Gentiles, to people that they weren't supposed to associate with. Simultaneously, at Cornelius' house, Cornelius was, was actually, uh, he was favorable to the Jews. He, he would donate to the synagogue. He, but the Bible says his prayers had become a monument before the Lord, right? The Lord actually heard, this guy was raised pagan, yet the, he, he had such a hunger for God. So God said, hey, I want you to send some of your boys up to go get this guy named Peter. He's going to be on the housetop of Simon the Tanner, right? So what happened? They had no clue about each other, yet God gave them both a word of knowledge, okay? That can happen sometimes. To give you a, a real-life situation that, that took place with me, I was youth pastoring. I uh, had my youth group at youth camp. There was probably 200, 300 kids at this youth camp in Louisiana. And it was one of the last nights of youth camp, big altar call. Kids were down just giving their heart to the Lord, just crying, worshiping, power of God was moving. There was this other couple who were joint youth pastors at a church, a young couple at another church. I think they were from Mississippi. And uh, you could tell he had a heart and passion for young people. I don't know if she liked teenagers very much, right? <laughs> she it was really interesting. And all, all the girls in my youth group would give me horror stories every day about what this young youth pastor lady was like in the dormitories. <laughs> they were not having a good time. So I was trying to just kind of avoid her. I was like, yeah, she doesn't seem like a happy person, and I'm having a good time. I don't want to spoil that. And in the process of praying with some of my kids, the Lord tells me, he said, I want you to go pray for this couple, and I want you to pray over their, their baby. And I said, they, they're a young couple. They're, they're, they don't have a baby. He said, I want you to go pray for their baby. I said, God, I don't even know if she likes kids, you know. And so I just, okay. So I went over. And told him, I said, listen, I need to, God told me to come over here and pray for your baby. Well, she immediately started crying. I said, see, this is not good, right? I didn't know if it was a happy cry. I said, cry. So the Holy Spirit gave me a prayer to pray specifically for the child. What I didn't realize, a month later, I get a call from them. They had been trying to have, uh, uh, have a baby. Uh, she had had a couple of quick miscarriages. Uh, they were about to give up. They pretty much had given up. They had no clue. It turns out she was five weeks pregnant at youth camp. And so a month later, they called to thank me and said, hey, thank you for being obedient to the Lord. Well, what was it? I had no clue. Matter of fact, I didn't even want to mess with them, right? But, but the Lord said specifically, "Go." well, what was it? It was, a, it was a word of knowledge. It was the Holy Spirit coming up at me, giving me a word of knowledge. Now, some of you guys are going to sit there and say, you know what? Some of these gifts... Yeah, something like this actually happened to me before. I didn't realize what that was about. See? See, some of y'all, some of you are going to be like, I'm going to be laughing because you're like, uh, you may be Methodist, but see, you're charismatic too. Look at that. Because you're operating, you know, whether you want to or not, right? All right, the next, next thing we're going to talk about. Now, some, all three of these oftentimes are used in conjunction with each other. The Holy Spirit will actually activate them simultaneously. Sometimes individually. Word of wisdom. It's, it tends to be a supernatural problem-solving insight into a current or future event or situation. There are times that God will reveal with, with a word of wisdom, a word of wisdom, there's a hidden thing that is revealed uh, that, that, that is not made known to, to most folk. Yet all of a sudden, God will give you insight into something, okay? Uh, well, let's look at what Paul has to say about wisdom here 
he, he tends to relate it to the hidden things of God being revealed. First Corinthians chapter four or chapter two, starting with verse four. And my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. What he's saying is he's, he's operating in a time that Greek philosophy was really coming along. And so there was a lot of eloquent speakers and uh, folks were trying to use human wisdom uh, to, to explain the universe and all this stuff. And while Paul was extremely educated and was, was supposed to be quite the speaker, he said, look, I didn't even rely on that. I just relied on the power of the Holy Spirit to kind of direct what I had to say. Verse 5, he says, I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. Yet when I am among mature believers, I do not speak with words of, I do speak with words of wisdom, but not the kind of wisdom that belongs to this world or to the rulers of this world who are soon forgotten. No, the wisdom we speak of is the mystery of God, his plan that was previously hidden, even though he made it for our ultimate glory before the world began. But the rulers of this world have not understood it. If they had, they would have not crucified our glorious Lord. That is what the scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit, for his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. We talked about that a few weeks back, that the Holy Spirit is better than any Google search engine you could come across, right? Because he will search out everything. And because of that, he can give specific instructions for you to solve any situation that may be taking place right now or to prepare you for a future situation. Let's, let's look at this. You remember Noah? Genesis 5. He starts receiving the plans to build an ark. Hey, it's going to rain. He starts telling people, it's going to rain. People laughed at him. Why? Well, some folks even preached that it had never rained at, at that up to that time, Genesis said that there would have been a mist that would come up and water the ground, that it actually never rained. So when, you know, how crazy is that? Water falling from the sky? You're insane. Yet, years prior, he had Noah start building an ark. It was a word of wisdom. Start preparing for something that I'm about to do. Woo, that, somebody needs to receive that. You need to, today, you need to begin to prepare for something God wants to do in your life. Joseph's interpretation of Pharaoh's dream in Genesis 41. Remember, Joseph, he's in prison. Pharaoh has this dream. He interprets it, and it was about a famine that was going to hit the land. But God gave him a word of wisdom of not just the interpretation. That was a word of knowledge, but how to prepare the region to sustain itself through, you know, through this dream. It was a word of wisdom. Elijah was instructed by God to dig ditches because God was about to send rain, 2 Kings 3. Paul, in Acts chapter 27, he gave his shipmates encouragement. They thought they were all about to die. The wind and the waves were tossing them to and fro. They thought they were about to crash and that they were all going to die. They hadn't been eating. They were throwing food overboard and everything else. Paul, the, the word of God came to Paul and he said, y'all aren't going to die. Have your men eat and strengthen themselves and be of, be, be of good courage. So Paul encouraged them, told them to eat. That came in Acts chapter 27. Now, some of you may have encountered that, where all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you just you feel like, you know what? I, I need to get ready. I need to do this. I don't know why God's telling me to do this. I just need to do this. And then weeks later, something happens, and you're like, ah, had I not done that, 
or had so-and-so not provided this to me, I would have never have been able to successfully navigate through the situation. Anyone ever encountered something like that? That's a word of wisdom. Oh, look at all you charismatics in here. That's fine. <laughs> no, uh, uh, that was a word of wisdom by someone or perhaps you know, uh, a God gave it directly to you. But, but it will be, or have you ever, have you ever faced a problem and you're, you're thinking, I don't know how, I don't know how in the world this is going to, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to walk through this. And then all of a sudden you have what we would call inspiration. Has anyone ever experienced inspiration? Anyone in the house? Bueller? Anyone? Do you realize that the word inspiration in the Latin actually means in spirit? So if you've ever had an inspirational moment, guess what? You were in spirit. You were in the spirit. That's why a musician who gets lost in, in his art, her art, and, and makes this beautiful melody, it's almost as if they're, they're transcended you know, someplace else. What was it? They were whisked away into the spirit. They connect it with the divine so that they could play this beautiful thing. Uh, sometimes problem solving, you get inspiration. What is that? It's a word of wisdom. Howard, correct me if I'm wrong on this story, but, and I'm probably like giving the cliff notes of it and generalizing it. But at one point, Viridian, before this place existed, was basically a swamp and a, and a gravel pit. And about the time that Nehemiah bought it, Nehemiah Company bought it, and then uh, our mayor, Jeff Williams, who was not mayor at the time, and he's going to be wrapping up, I, I believe this is probably his last weekend, didn't it? Uh, on the 29th. Uh, at he, who's a man of God, ordained minister himself. Uh, if, if, I, if I remember the story right, everyone's standing around figuring out how are we going to elevate this land to get it above flood level so that houses aren't like whisked away by rain. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit says, dig a lake. And use all that dirt from the lake and dump it up here, raise the land. I'm sure I'm generalizing things. I'm sure it didn't play out quite like that. But from what I understand, it was an inspirational moment from the Lord to dig a lake, use most of that dirt to elevate the land. And because of a word of wisdom, we've got a beautiful lake out here. And because of a word of wisdom, when we had that monsoon a few weeks ago, all of our houses are still standing. How about that? Word of wisdom. Amen. Everyone still with me? All right. Don't go anywhere. We're wrapping up. Discerning of spirits. Discerning or understanding of spirits. Spirits can, can mean sometimes, yeah, there's are, there are entities out there. There are, there are uh, demonic mindsets, uh, you know, spirit of fear, spirit of jealousy, spirit of lust, all, the, all this type of stuff. Sometimes it also can refer to the intent the intentions or the intent of the heart. The Bible says, who, who can know the intent of the heart except for God himself? Well, if God knows the intent of your heart, well, he may reveal it to somebody else, right? So a supernatural ability to distinguish, discern, judge, or appraise a person, statement, situation, or an environment, okay? Have you ever, have you ever sat there and went to sign something and all of a sudden you get a check and you say, ah... I don't know if this is the right thing or not. And you start investigating, and it turns out it really was not good intentions for you to sign it, right? Uh, this is some of the stuff that the Word of God had. First, uh, First John 4, 11. Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them. 
to see if the spirit they have comes from God. It's talking about discerning. For there are many false prophets in the world. Romans 12 and 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you in a new, uh, to be a, a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know or to discern God's will for you, which is a good and pleasing, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Hebrews 5:14, solid food. Now, what, what he's talking about here, he's actually not talking about food. He's talking about Paul was fussing at the, 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 uh, the, the church here uh, when he wrote Hebrews. He's saying, you know, I should be able to like whip up a steak for you when, when it comes to a sermon. <laughs> when it comes to teaching you, I should be feeding you meat, but you're still acting like a bunch of babes. So I got to feed you milk, you know? And so that's what he's saying. Look, you need to mature. You need to grow so that you can eat solid food. And he says, solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize or discern the difference between right and wrong. I have some people that I've been fussed at by some people because I'm not, I don't get up and, and, and give you guys a list of thou shalt nots. Like, don't do this. Don't, you're a Christian now. So don't do this. 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 Okay. Well, it's because I want you to grow and allow the Holy Spirit to teach you in all things. The Holy Spirit within you will let you know, ah, don't do that. Hey, don't go there. Hey, maybe put that down. <laughs> he'll, he'll do it. Learn to trust him. Learn to walk with him. Okay? Uh, here's, here's some uh, examples within the Bible of discerning of spirits. Y'all remember the story of Ananias and Sapphira. In the early days of the church, folks were basically having yard sales, man. They were selling stuff and take, giving the money uh, to the church so that the church could distribute and feed the poor and take care of the poor. Much like what's going on down at Mission Arlington, Right? Or they'd give furniture, they'd give possessions, whatever they could to make sure that everybody's needs were met. So Ananias and Sapphira sold a chunk of real estate, right? They took some of the money, stuck it in the bank, took the rest of the money, gave it, uh, gave it to the church and said, "Woo, glory to God. Hey, praise God. We sold this piece of real estate and we, we just want to give the whole lump sum to the church. And the apostles said, hey, why are you lying? They discerned that they weren't honest. They said, why are you lying to the Lord? Ananias was the first one up. So why are you lying to the Holy Spirit like that? You know, the money was yours to keep. We didn't ask you for it, but, but why are you going to lie about it? And, and the Holy Spirit struck him dead. <laughs> you know, his wife came in. They asked him the same thing. She gave the same story. So why are you lying? Again, they discerned from her as well. Said, you know, your husband's body's getting carried out and yours is about to as well. Wham, dead. Well, people all of a sudden put the fear of God in people, you know. What was God trying to do? He's trying to get a, the point across. Be honest. Be obedient. But don't try to be fake. Don't try to. There's one thing that the Lord can't stand. It's fake. Don't be fake. Man. Whew. The church by and large, we got some fake folk, don't we? <laughs> you know. Be honest. Be real. Even if it's imperfect. Jesus actually cursed a fig tree because of the fig tree started blooming so he's like, oh, I'm going to go get some figs. Well, it hadn't bore figs yet. It had bloomed too early. It basically lied. So he cursed the fig tree. And the fig tree died. Same thing happened with Ananias and uh, Sapphira. Simon the sorcerer, Acts chapter 8. Paul and his guys were walking around, laying hands on people. Holy Spirit was getting poured out into them. Simon the sorcerer was just hanging out, watching it all. He decided to come up. Hey, brother Paul. 
hey, Brother Barnabas, praise the Lord. How much money do I need to pay you to get that spell? <laughs> well, they, they discerned he was a sorcerer. Paul said, hey, may your money perish with you, right? So this, you can't buy and sell uh, the Spirit of God. Uh, there was a possessed slave girl, Acts chapter 16. Just because something seems really good doesn't mean it's of God. Uh, Paul and his crew were ministering in a city. They, they ran into the slave girl. Turns out she was possessed. And what she was doing is she would announce every day she'd get up and say, these are, these are the servants of the most high God. Follow them because they're going to help you get saved. They're going to tell you how to get saved. Well, you would think that would be wonderful free press. Like, look at that. Man, this girl's giving us free press. You know, giving us inroads in the community. And it happened day after day after day, the Bible said. And it was getting on Paul's nerves. And he couldn't take it finally. And he discerned that she was, she was possessed. So he spoke to the demon. He didn't speak to the girl. He spoke to the demon. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her right now. The demon immediately left. Now, this is what happens sometimes in ministry. You do the right thing like Paul did, delivered this girl in Jesus' name. Well, it turns out her, the guy who owned her got mad because he was making a lot of money off of her. She was fortune-telling. So he got mad, drug Paul down to the city uh, commerce, or, or down to the city hall, got Paul thrown in jail for delivering a girl. Still, he discerned what the issue was. So there are going to be times in your life, just because somebody shows up and is offering something good, the Holy Spirit will allow you to discern what their intentions are. I don't know. You ever, you, ever had, you ever had somebody show up and try to become part of your life and you just got, you know, your spidey sense went off and you just kind of said, no, mm-mm, I don't know what it is. Uh, there, there was someone that I was having to deal with over the last couple of years that there, there'll be times that, that you'll have people uh, verbally attack you or, or maybe just... Maybe on your job, they'll try to set you up or, or do something. I had someone, someone I was having to deal with, and the one thing that kept me from uh, retaliating and being in the wrong by myself, the Lord showed me, said, no, no, this person is operating in the spirit of fear. And that cued me, okay, I don't have to pray about this person. I'm going to pray against the spirit of fear and release, release faith into this person's life. And, and because I was able to discern all of a sudden, you don't take things personal. Just two weeks ago, uh, dealing with, with a family situation, there was something that came up. And, and, and the Lord showed me, he said, this is, not, this, is not, this is not a personal thing. Don't take this personal, Dave. Don't take this personal. This is a whole other situation. And because he allowed me to discern what was going on, it, it gave me peace. It was hard, but it gave me peace to where I could actually pray and address the situation according to the word of God. It was a spirit of discernment. So this is what I want you to do this week. I want you to go research on your own and start asking God, Lord, help me to operate in a word of knowledge. Help me to operate with a word of wisdom in my life. Help me to operate with a spirit of discernment. It doesn't mean you, you got to get up and be a superstar. It doesn't mean you got to grab a microphone. It doesn't mean you got to go start your own nonprofit and form your own ministry. But within your life, you can have a word of knowledge. The Lord, may, the, the Lord may cue you and say, hey, you need to text so-and-so this week and just let them know that you're praying for them and that you want them to be encouraged. What is that? That's a word of knowledge. So-and-so needs, your, so-and-so needs your prayer. So-and-so needs you to lift them up. It could be something as simple as that. If you feel the inclination for it, act on it. 
act on it. It's the Holy Spirit. Well, how do I know it's the Holy Spirit? Let's all stand. How do I know it's the Holy Spirit that's telling me to do it? Well, here's, here's Dave's foolproof, oversimplified way of telling, is the Holy Spirit talking to you? Or is it something else? Well, there's only three voices you're going to deal with. It's going to be the Holy Spirit. It's going to be your own flesh. It's going to be the enemy. First of all, so ask yourself, am I looking for any recognition? <laughs> you know, all of a sudden you get the inclination of, let me text so-and-so and encourage them. Well, would your flesh tell you to do that? No, because I really don't want to mess with this person, <laughs> right? Okay, rule that out. Would Satan tell you to encourage somebody? Probably not. <laughs> that leaves one more voice. <gasps> the Holy Spirit. Hey, walk in it. Move on it. We're going to be a spirit-led church. We're going to be a spirit-filled church. And not only that, you're going to find out that some of the gifts that he has is going to propel you outside of these walls to collectively impact the greater community for his kingdom. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We make room for your spirit in our life to be active in everything. We, we are learning to acknowledge him in all of our ways, Lord. Father, I speak over this congregation in the name of Jesus. Allow the gifts of the Spirit to become active in every single believer. I don't care what walk they come from. I don't care what background they come from. Lord, you do it. You orchestrate it. It has nothing to do with us, but it has everything to do with your Spirit. We're just the containers, Lord. So flow through us so that everywhere we go because of your Spirit and because of the living water that pours out of us, that just our very presence and our very uh, ushering in of your, your spirit can become a tall glass of water to all those who come in contact with us, that we can draw all men to you. We praise you in the name of Jesus. Everyone say amen.